so the guy that I bought the business off, he went to my sales manager, to his house in the evening, and told him to ring me in Fiji and give me an ultimatum that he and he alone was the only person that could have the software fixed, and that he had to go to Israel to a software expert over there to get him to fix it. And that he would want me to release him from his restraint of trade, Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined by Paul Dodds. Now, after graduating university with honors in economics, Paul went to London and worked in merchant banking. Before the side hustle was a thing, he was working on business side projects while holding down a corporate job, ultimately leaving to pursue his own business opportunities. And he is the host of the podcast, Insights into Success, where he hopes to inspire others to succeed by hearing about the challenges and successes of his guests. But he also missed a few issues when buying his marketing agency. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show, we all know that I like having recurring guests, but I've also started having guests on a bonus podcast called Bright Bulbs. It's a little bit more chill, a little bit more relaxed, and we have a lot of fun talking about silly ideas and creative projects we may or may not ever get into. If you want to access this special bonus podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Alex Williams. That's W-I-L-L-I-A-M-N-S. Or just click the first link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now, enjoy the show. Paul Dodds, ready to talk about one of your broken bulbs? Oh, absolutely. Super excited uh, to be with you. So thank you for the, the opportunity. I'm delighted to have you here. Uh, this is kind of an interesting story, and you're going to share this story and, and the particular lesson and some other lessons that you get with it in future episodes as well. And so with that, today we're focusing on you not doing your full due diligence and then missing finding the previous owner's criminal record. Uh, jump into this. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, it's a heck of a story. So, look, just to give you a bit of a picture, I was in between businesses. I had um, run some other businesses and had sold them, and I was looking for my next challenge. And I saw advertised an online marketing company for sale and through, through a business, a uh, business broker, and they portrayed a great picture. You know, it had its own unique uh, proprietary software uh, and, you know, had a team of, I think, 29 using this, as I say, revolutionary type software, supposedly. So I had this amazing sort of image in my head of this business that would be really fun to, to be involved with, that would be sort of at the cutting edge of technology, involved in the growth industry of online marketing. So I was really excited about that. And and, and I've got no doubt that it clouded my judgment to a, to a point. However, Having said that, you know, I'm pretty diligent in what I do and I'm good with numbers. So anyway, so I, I met the business owner and, yeah, he seemed okay. Um, but I then got all the financial details and went through them thoroughly and was satisfied that everything stacked up. Now, the Achilles heel with the business was this proprietary software, as it turned out, was actually owned and developed by another business based in the UK. And we're based in New Zealand. So... In order to be comfortable about buying the business, I wanted to be sure that this, who, who was behind the software. 
and know a bit, a bit about the software because without that software, it could you know make quite a difference to the operation of the business. So I did actually, in fact, go out. I did meet the person that um, provided was providing the software, and obviously we had to go through and uh, agree a contract for the provision of that software and, and put a few protections in place. Now he seemed a, a nice enough guy and had a proper business there, and that business was using that same software. So he did, developed the software for himself and then had um, leased it or, or, yeah, had leased it to, to other businesses, and in particular this one that I was looking to buy over in New Zealand. I did know that there was a, some sort of relationship between the, the business owner I was buying off and the software provider, but I didn't know the full extent of it. So anyway, I went through with this. I was satisfied with the numbers. They worked. I was satisfied with the software and also the protections that were put in place, which included some backup software being stored in a vault as a backup protection. It was all done through lawyers. So overall, I would describe myself as being pretty thorough with what I did. However, I do think in hindsight, to some extent, I was being clouded by, um, you know, the whole concept of the business and, and the fun and thought of actually um, owning that business. So anyway, so I bought the business and everything went fine for about eight months. And then after about eight months, I was actually away in Fiji on holiday when I got a call to say the software had gone down. And, you know, obviously that's not ideal, but it's like, okay, well, you know, you've got your backup, you need to install the backup. They then told me, and this is over a progression of days, that they tried to install the back, backup and it, it was corrupted. And the IT specialist was away on holiday and they only had one backup when obviously you'd expect them to have a lot more than one backup. Bank up. So to cut a long story short, what transpired from there was I very quickly realized that what was going down is that they were, were deliberately withholding the software for the intent of blackmailing me. So the guy that I bought the business off, he went to my sales manager to his house in the evening and told him to ring me in Fiji and give me an ultimatum that he and he alone um, was the only person that could have the software fixed and that he had to go to Israel to a software expert over there to get him to fix it. And that he would want me to release him from his restraint of trade and he would also want me to pay money, a sum amount he had yet to decide, but I would need to pay him money. So having made the mistake of buying this business, I didn't make a further mistake of not realizing what was going on extremely quickly. So immediately I realized that obviously this is a shakedown going, going on and I needed to do something very quickly. So, so what I in fact did was the company in, in the UK, they were connected up to our Google account for advertising and they were providing uh, a service as part of that. So I immediately got them disconnected from that account because my fear was that the next stage is if they didn't it didn't work with shutting off the software that they could actually go into a Google account and wipe it out. 
So we immediately disconnected that. And, you know, the thing with this was that I had been pretty thorough with my due diligence, but the one thing I hadn't, hadn't occurred to me to do was to check this guy out back in his home country of England. So he was in New Zealand, and obviously I checked online, and I couldn't find anything in New Zealand online of, of any great concern. The business itself, I did some checking, and there was a couple of complaints, but nothing to really jump out. But the mistake I made is I didn't check his record back in the UK. And in order to, to find that information, I needed to put in his name, but also put in where he was from in Liverpool. And until I did that, I wasn't aware of his record. So when I did that, and I did this too, because the staff then kind of let it be known that he actually had a criminal record. So when I Googled him back in Liverpool, I discovered that he had been to prison and that he was part of a criminal underworld over there. And he was found guilty of working with a corrupt policeman to get, obviously, you know, inside information from the police. And subsequent to that, I've been told that he was actually brought up by a drug dealer uh, over in the UK. So he's been part of the criminal underworld, um, you know, really since a young age. But, you know, for me, the lesson there was, you know, the importance of your due diligence. I wasn't negligent, but I didn't go far enough with it. And I was also, I think, guilty. I was guilty of firstly having this um, idolised perception of this business, so having a very glossy view of it. And second of all, naively, and I, I put this down to probably New Zealand being relatively, you know, a safe country and, and not having the same level possibly of criminality that you might see in other countries. I hadn't been exposed to that sort of thing. So the last thing on my radar was for me to be buying a business off a criminal and certainly not that industry. You know, if it was you know, a construction business or something like that, I may have been more attuned to thinking about that possibly that the owner could be a criminal. But in digital marketing, I, I really thought that, well, I didn't think about it, but certainly reflecting, it's kind of one of the the most unlikely industries I would have thought for a criminal to be involved in. So it's it's been an incredibly challenging um, situation for me. I still have the business. It's, it's totally rebranded now. He actually went through a process for a number of years of trying to take me down, include, and he did a multiple multitude of things, including sending a gang member around to try and threaten me. He um, tried to break into a Google account, tried to break into a merchant facility, took staff away from me. It's done all sorts of things to try and take take me down. And part of that, as I came to realise, was part of his pride because he, had, unbeknownst to me, went around shooting his mouth off, telling people how he was going to take the business back off me uh, very cheaply. And, of course, so he had made those comments uh, to some people. And, of course he was expecting that to happen but because i although i was naive initially I very quickly switched into gear and came into the real world i was able to identify what was going on and stopped them uh, from being successful it had a huge impact on the business we with no software it was chaotic we had a situation where we didn't know the contracts for our clients because it was all on the software so we had campaigns we didn't know when they started, when they finished, how much they should be paying, all sorts of things like that. So 
we had to try and reconstruct that as best we could, which wasn't easy. But so we were really flying blind for some time and just piece by piece trying to put things back together. And it involved us having to actually go to a paper-based situation and put folders together with information on each client. But one of the saving graces for me was the fact that I, I, I knew that it was an Achilles heel having that software. And I was already in my early stages of developing our own. So although the software wasn't at the point it needed to be, and nonetheless, we did have some software that we were developing for the management of our clients. So we just had to firstly go to a paper-based system and then ultimately move to our own replacement software. So it was chaotic. It really was chaotic. Cost me a fortune, lost a lot of money. But I can't, I can't put a price on how much I learned from it. As difficult as it was, and I, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't want to repeat it in a hurry, my goodness, I learned so much from that experience, absolutely so much. And it was a real test of my character. It really, you know, it made it hard to go to work every day when it was so chaotic. You also had the threat that this guy had gang connections in New Zealand. Uh, he was a drug taker as well. So he was known to be volatile and obviously to issue threats. He did threaten to kill me at one point. So you did have that going on as well, too. There's always a possibility that I'm going to walk out of the business, you know, out, out of the building that, you know, someone might take a shot at me or try and do something to me. So I did have that over my head um, for a very long time. But so it was a real test. It was a real test of my character. But uh, I'm proud to say that I didn't buckle. And we got through it in the end. And in the end, you know, I'm in so much better place now than what I was not necessarily financially so much, but certainly in terms of what I know and what I've learned uh, has been an incredible experience. And I, and I love what you're doing with this podcast because I think in order to succeed, you need to fail. It is through our failures that we will succeed. So I think it's important that we stand true and highlight our failures and, and not be ashamed of them. Be proud of those failures insofar as if you've learned from them. And that's the critical point. It's one thing to fail, but if you fail and don't learn, well, you're not going to have a great long-term outcome. But clearly, if you can fail and learn from that, then ultimately you'll succeed more. And it's much the same as the message that uh, Michael Jordan, you know, has portrayed about how he, you know, sort of failed so many times, but he became you know, the greatest basketball player of our time. So failure is an important step in the journey to success. Uh, of, of course, at the end of every episode, I like to let you brag a little bit because you, you've learned this lesson and now you share your own insights on your podcast as well as the insights of your guests and that's Insights into Success. Do you want to tell us where we can find your show and where we can go to find the rest of your work as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, as you say, I've got a podcast called Insights into Success. It's on all the major podcast channels, including Apple and Spotify and pretty much all the rest. We've also got a website, which is uh, msofmarketing.com, msofmarketing.com. Uh, that's abbreviated for Making Sense of Marketing. What I'm doing at the moment is I'm actually splitting off and there's going to be a new website specifically for my podcast, which will be is of success.com so for insights um, into success.com so yeah with that i'm just really wanting to go out there and help other people i i love learning 
I think I've learned a lot. I want to share what I've learned about my journey to success. And I want to interview other people that have been on their journey to success. But the hopes that through our experiences, we can shortcut other people's experiences to their own success. And with my Making Sense of Marketing website, that's about giving lots of free content for people um, to help them on that journey with marketing because marketing is becoming increasingly complex. So I want to give back, you know, I've been through a lot and I think I've got a bit to offer other people. I hope that I can help other people. Um, so lots of free content on um, the website and obviously the podcast as well. So I love doing it and I love the amazing people I get, get to meet. So it's a fantastic thing to do. Absolutely. And I'm going to have links to that and everything else down in the show notes so people can go and check that out. And with that, I just got to say thank you, Paul, for joining me. Oh, look, thank you so much. I, I love what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. I love your podcast. And I feel it's a real pri- um, privilege and pleasure to be involved. So thank you very much for the opportunity. And thank you for listening. Dig deeper. Turn over every stone. Special thank you to Paul Dodds for joining me and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out his work, including his podcast, which I have linked below. And... If you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Vine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.